first. Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse 39. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is he who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. And now we go to reading together. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. Well, good morning. As Johnny said, we are longtime old friends of Christ Church Vienna, and it is always a bit of old home week for me to be with you. So I'm so glad to be here uh, coming to you live from the Cursina living room. Um, we have been keeping tabs on you guys just like you have on us. And as Johnny said, we've done several things together and are really enjoying doing Luke as part of our Advent readings. This morning for our church, actually, we are doing our lessons in carols. So just before I got up, I was getting texts from people about that. So we are, through the miracle of Zoom and Facebook and everything else, doing worship together in two different spots. But I'm so glad I can be here to be with you this morning as well. This morning, I want to talk about Mary and about the crown and a little bit about C.S. Lewis and about singing. So Mary, the crown, a little bit of C.S. Lewis in singing. And I hope you can turn, if you have a Bible with you, to Luke 1, verses 39 to 55, the verses you just heard read this morning. Think with me for a bit first about something you might be longing for right now. Right? What's something you're longing for? I bet this particular year it's not that hard to come up with something. It could be greater health for you or someone you know. I know many of us have had the ripples of COVID get closer and closer the last few weeks. We've had folks in our church for the first time in the last couple weeks actually get it, not just immediate family. It could be the lower pandemic cases. We're longing all for that. Seeing one another without masks, the vaccine, of course, being rolled out, maybe peace among our, our neighbors, maybe just more gingerbread, or, of course, worship that didn't come to you from the beautiful Christina family living room. This, if you keep track, is our 40th Sunday of doing worship in a new way. For all of us who've had to adapt since March 14th, this, or 15th, excuse me, this is the 40th weekend we have done something differently. 
And I wonder if on those Sundays or in the days in between, at any time you've ever wondered, does God care? Where is God? I want you to imagine then, if you've wrestled with that a little bit, that God came to your house tonight and he gave you a vaccine for everybody, just handed it to you. And it's the perfect vaccine and it's for the whole world and you can share it and spread it and make the whole world safe before Christmas. Just you, right? Think about some of the people in the church, your church, some of the folks I've thought about. If you're Sarah or Karen or Melissa or Linda or Rod or Holly or Peter or Susan or Grace, you have the vaccine. How would you feel? What would it feel like? That's what's happening in this text with Elizabeth and Mary. Israel has held fast to the good news of God's loving purposes for the world. And now they get in on the breakthrough. Elizabeth and Mary are being told, you have the vaccine. It's in your hands. You're invited into the seen and unseen world, into things that have been going on for centuries. God's plan. You are given the solution. Heaven is on the move, in breaking into the earth. This centuries-long plan for you and for me, for God to show you and I that he loves us. That's what's happening in Luke. Mary gets this amazing news from Gabriel. You're going to bear a child and name him Jesus, and he will be the long-awaited for Messiah. And in that news, Gabriel gives Mary a little bit a window into God's love for her by saying, Oh, and by the way, your cousin Elizabeth is pregnant as well. You have this vaccine, and of course you want to share it with somebody. It's incredible news. And Gabriel lets you know there's one other person in the entire world who is feeling and getting what you are feeling and getting. Wow, this big plan is coming. The vaccine is here. You know how the world is broken, how the poor are forgotten, how the bad guys always seem to win. Gabriel's saying, you, Mary, know it now, and Elizabeth knows it, that God is going to solve that. The ways we're separated from each other now. Again, the pandemic the civil war in Ethiopia right now, the fighting in Syria, the racial history and tension in our country, the fight over the election, the inherent disorientation we all feel in our distance from God and our neighbor and the just craziness of the last 40 weeks. You know, we often remind our church, nobody is doing great right now. Everything is a little best than optimal, right? All that, Mary and Elizabeth, are in on the news. The Calvary is coming. The wonderful counselor, the Prince of Peace, the everlasting Father, God in the flesh is coming through you, Mary, and Elizabeth knows about it. And so what does Mary do? She decides, I'm going to get up my teenage self and I'm going to go 80 to 100 miles from Nazareth to Judea on a very dangerous journey because the one person who gets this is Elizabeth. And oh my gosh, I want to talk to her about it. Picture, if you will, again, a 15-year-old girl traveling to meet with, let's say, a 65 to 70-year-old woman. That's what's going on in this text that, again, is so familiar to many of us. We race back some of the amazing, race past some of the amazing details. And as Mary encounters Elizabeth, Elizabeth becomes not just the wife of a priest, but a prophet herself. And she clarifies for us what God is doing. Here's what's going on. And she blesses Mary. And, of course, John the Baptist, her baby, leaps in her womb. Mary, how blessed are you? How amazing that you would come and tell me about this vaccine. I know about it too because I'm pregnant. Can you believe it? She says, bless, bless, bless to Mary three different times. That's how excited she is about this text. It really is amazing. Centuries of waiting and listening and longing and praying. Again, if you have wrestled with longing and waiting, you get a little bit of a taste of what it's been like in these 40 weeks of what centuries of waiting has been for Israel. And again, why Mary and Elizabeth might be so excited and amazed 
and why they rejoice and why they sing. These two amazing women, I love one writer this week I read said, these miracle mothers, and they really both are miracle mothers, a teenage girl and a senior citizen. And again, our churches this month have been in Luke. And one way to think about these first two chapters of Luke is to catalog the songs. I won't get into them now, but there's four different songs in the first two chapters of Luke that we look at. And this is probably the most famous one, Mary's Magnificat. Mary's responding to this news. And again, she can't help but rejoice. She's overwhelmed and amazed. And so she begins to sing. And she's singing particularly about God's hesed, this idea of God's covenant loving kindness, his steadfast loving kindness, no matter what, this amazing characteristic of God. In his hesed, God has chosen her. Mary realizes just how stunning it is that she's been chosen. In his hesed, God has given her this child and sent Jesus to the earth. In his hesed, again, the problem and the grief and the agony of the world has a solution. So Elizabeth says, Mary, in that hesed, you are blessed. And Mary turns to God and says, Lord, thank you for blessing me. And so, so again, she rejoices and she sings. Now, lots of us have sung songs this last few weeks, right? All the Christmas songs. Many of us started listening to those like October 3rd because it's been such a rough year. But lots of you heard more. I'm sure you've heard Mariah Carey more than a time or two in the last week. And I want to give you three specific reasons to sing right now from Mary, from this text. Okay, three specific reasons. The first reason to sing and that Mary rejoices is, again, this is God in the flesh. What we call the incarnation, what's described in John 1 as the word made flesh, God with us. Many of you, many of us are watching The Crown, season four. I've actually been going back and watching season one. And in season one, there's a great episode, episode seven, where Winston Churchill, played by John Lithgow, and Queen Elizabeth, played by Claire Foy, are wrestling with something inherent to the British Constitution. It's these two different parties, what they call the efficient, this, this writer in 19th century England named Walter Badgett described as the efficient and the dignified. The efficient is the parliament, right? It's the government. It's the, the nitty gritty in the weeds doing the dirty work of politics. We live in DC. We know all that, what all that is about. That's the efficient. And in the dignified, it's Queen Elizabeth. It's the monarchy. It's the removed. And they're supposed to work together in a trustworthy way to lead the country. But what they're wrestling with in this episode is the inherent trust that needs to be in that relationship, which is supposed to keep them distinct, has meant that they've begun to overlap. And Churchill particularly is wrestling with Oh, we need to keep the dignified and the efficient separate, not together. And if you know your Bible and you know Genesis 1 and 2, you can hear in that the echoes of Genesis 1 and 2, that we describe God in Genesis 1 and 2 as first um, transcendent, Genesis 1. He is over creation. He's the dignified, the removed. But then he's also the imminent. He's down in the weeds, walking with Adam and Eve in the garden. The difference between Churchill and Queen Elizabeth and God is that God is in the, me, the weeds of our lives. He wants to be down deep in the garden with you and me. And what sin has done is break that intimacy. And what Jesus is, is the embodied representation of God, the flesh, bringing together the dignified and the efficient, the transcendent and the eminent in the world. It's why Mary is stunned and why she can't believe it. And again, it's why she sings. Again, go back, crown, Season one, episode seven. It's a great episode and it should stimulate your biblical theology just a little bit. But what we see here is again, God is not removed. Jesus is down in the everyday pieces of our lives with a passion. 
And what that means is those pieces of your life right now that are passionately disturbing or happy or burdensome are the things that Jesus wants you to bring to him. That what Mary is celebrating is that you can bring your whole life to Jesus this month. So again, sing and rejoice because this is God in the flesh. Secondly, sing and rejoice because separation is at end. The dictionary of Jesus in the Gospels describes God's hesed this way. Our problem is separation. That's what's broken. And our need, therefore, is reconciliation. And God's mercy, God's hesed, is accordingly directed especially to that end. God's hesed is sent to bring reconciliation. Can you imagine, again, being Mary and having your brain blown up at 15? about what this news means. We again see that separation in these women. These are two women you would not find on the front of any uh, above the fold New York Times or Washington Post in their day. This is a teenage girl, a poor teenage girl from a very small, forgotten, even looked down upon village. And yet she's invited into God's news. This again is what was described earlier in Luke as a barren old woman, godly and lovely, but barren, no kids. She, again, not on anybody's front page, but invited into this big news of the Lord. This is Luke's particular genius, seeing the outsiders and drawing them into, helping us realize they're drawn into God's story. A little bit later, we're going to find out Simeon and Anna and the shepherds, people we don't hear about in the other gospel narratives, the birth narratives. This is Luke showing us that God's world is big. Separation is at end. C.S. Lewis wrote a lot about the inner ring, that, that inherent drive we all have and think about, that there's some group, wherever we're a part of, that has a little more in, in than we do. It's more important. So be it student council in high school or the particular committees on the Hill that have power, and you might be a member of Congress and you're on a smaller committee, or being in a church and thinking, well, that group seems like the cool group, or on and on and on at a family reunion, this idea, again, that what we would now call FOMO, right? Fear of missing out. There's some inner ring I'm not a part of. What Mary and Elizabeth here are singing about is, again, there's no FOMO with the Lord and his God's plan. You're all invited. Mary's astounded. She's the first disciple. And how does she respond? She says, I am your servant. I'm so amazed with this. I'm going to sing and I'm going to offer my life in a fresh way to God. Again, the second thing she's singing about is that there's no separation. Separation is at end. Then the third thing, the third reason we can sing this month and this season are, is that the implications of this news are total, right? The renewal Mary sings about is completely and utterly for the entire world. The consequences of what happened in Genesis, Genesis 3, not 1 and 2, are everywhere, right? Sickness, illness, death, the separation we just talked about. But what do we hear? Death will lose its sting. The division is global, the separation is global, but the reconciliation is global as well. And isn't our world crying out for that kind of news and a people like you and me to, to share what that looks like on and on and on? Aren't we desperate for that? This again is why Mary is singing. If you keep reading through, we just actually sang about in your Magnificat. I love how you guys do the prayers. You're saying over and over again, the line the angels say to the shepherds, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. It's goodwill toward the entire world. If you keep reading to Luke 2, you'll see Simeon offering up thanks that he got to meet the baby Jesus and he's saying that this will be a kingdom for Jew and Gentile. This means Jesus came again for the entire world. This news is not just for you or me. It's for all the people around desperate to see a family of people, every tribe, tongue, and nation that is one family. 
That means that Jesus came for Iraq and Israel and Iran and Hong Kong and Colombia and China and Syria and Ethiopia and Rwanda and Chile and Canada and Myanmar and both Koreas and, oh yes, America. God so loves the world. This news is for the entire world. It's why Mary is singing and why we rejoice as well. And why, again, we are sent to sing. No more grieving. Now celebrating God is on the move. So can I encourage you this next couple weeks to take this good news and to be like the people we read over and over again. You know, one way to think about the prophets and John the Baptist and the womb and Mary and Elizabeth is they are saying, look, look, look at Jesus, look at Jesus, look at Jesus. Think again about Vienna, Vienna Assembly of God on Christmas Eve. Who are the people you know that might need someone to give them a subtle little invitation to come look? at who Jesus is. This church is such a lovely spotlight of the kingdom here in this area. And I'd encourage you to think about how can I be like Mary and Elizabeth? Am I excited? Am I singing? And can I invite someone to do the same? Let's pray together. Dear God, we do come and rejoice with Mary. Magnificat means rejoice. And you have given us so much to sing about, even in conditions that can feel so dire. Please anoint my brothers and sisters and remind them of just how good this news is for them. Particularly, Lord, if we are entering into this week on a Sunday burdened by what is the, are the demands of our relationships or what's in front of us with work or just the, the deep longing we all have for this pandemic to be behind us. Remind us again that you are with us and the distinct, amazing news that that is. In your holy name, amen.